Okay, today our chapter is Ephesians 4. Um, hope you've already read it. And if not, just go ahead and pause this here. Read that first. You always need to hear what God says before you listen to what I say. <laughs> but um, if you've read it, you know that this chapter, as we've been alluding to all the way uh, in chapters 1, 2, and 3, th- this chapter is a transition in the letter from sort of the, the theological exposition of the first three chapters to the practical application of those truths in the last three chapters. Notice the prominent therefore uh, in, uh, in verse 1 of the chapter. That word, therefore, I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk. That, that word signals that Paul is about to show that what, what therefore entails based on all that he's just said in the first three chapters. There's a, a lot that could be discussed, but uh, per usual, we're just going to mention uh, briefly a couple of noteworthy items. The first has to do with what he says there in verse 1. He begins the chapter with a strong exhortation for believers to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. What is that calling? Many professing believers um, you couldn't exactly tell you what that calling is. Um they could a lot of believers can tell you that they've trusted in jesus uh, so that they can go to heaven when they die they go to church more times than not but as to a calling well i don't know what is the calling that he's talking about it's it's what he's been laying out for three chapters now consider what paul has already said that for example in in chapter one verse four god chose us in him in christ before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him We're in Christ, Paul says in chapter 1, verse 12. We're in Christ so that we might be to the praise of his glory. Um, Chapter 2, verse 10. We were saved by the the free grace of God and are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Chapter 3, verse 17. Having been saved, Christ now dwells in our hearts through faith, so that we would be rooted and grounded in love. So there's purpose in our salvation. There's, there's a calling that is attached to our salvation, and it's a high calling. As Peter would say it in 1 Peter 2, 9, you are a chosen race, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So now... We're called to walk worthy of that calling. What does that look like? Well, verses 2 and 3 here in Ephesians 4 tell us that it looks like a life characterized by humility, knowing that God has set his love on you before you were even born with full knowledge of all that you would ever do. So humility is characterized by gentleness, knowing that our, our holy God has not dealt with you as you deserve. It's characterized by patience, knowing that Christ was in, in and is infinitely patient with you. Uh, characterized by bearing with one another. Again, knowing that the Lord bears patiently with you. And eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, knowing that it's no longer about you, but about the glory and the fame and the reputation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his reputation is harmed when Christians are marked by childishly prideful and sinful strife. Those are just a few ways. Th- those and a thousand other ways, many more even added in this very chapter, uh, explain how we walk worthy of our calling in Christ. But let's, let's secondly uh, think about uh, something that's stuck right in the middle of this chapter. 
uh, one of the most common exhortations in the New Testament. It's a very simple uh, exhortation, and it's this. Speak the truth in love to one another. Speak the truth in love to one another. Paul does not mean by this simply to be honest. (laughs) Rather, speak the truth even to teach and point each other to the truth of God. Speak the truth of God to one another. Don't let your talk be uh, always just silly and frivolous, which it, it, it often is. He'll say a couple of chapters later, be filled with the Spirit addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. He commended the Romans because in Romans fifteen fourteen that they were filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. The believers were warned in Hebrews uh, chapter 3 not to fall away from the living God and as a preventive against falling away, uh, they were told to exhort one another every day. Similarly, in chapter 10 of Hebrews, they're told to consider how to stir one another up to love and good work. So Paul says when we use our words in this way, it is in this way that we grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, Ephesians 4.15. Half of the, the, the silly and frivolous chatter uh, you often hear among believers, ha- it, it does nothing to draw each other closer to Christ, but often uh, merely increases our love for the world. Our words are powerful things, which is why he later says in chapter 4, verse 26, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. And he also says in the next chapter, in chapter 5, verse 4, let there be no filthiness or, or foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. Jesus said in Luke six forty-five, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want your, if you want to work on your words, as we're instructed to do here in Ephesians 4, and uh, clarification, you need to work on your words. We all do. If you want to work on your words, as instructed here, according to what Jesus said about the, the, the words being the overflow of the heart, then we need to work on our heart first. Love Jesus in your heart, and you will honor Jesus with your mouth. Just a couple of thoughts from Ephesians. Uh, chapter 4.